Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got our counterpoint all locked in. we got Melissa Lansman, VP over at Hill and Knowlton Strategies, uh, also a conservative strategist who worked in the war room for Doug Ford. And John Dwyer, director over at Arius Technologies Incorporated. Good guys to uh, face off. This should be good. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we have talked about this, but I will get your thoughts on this about these new policing powers. Um, and the overreach of them and, and, you know, the legalization of marijuana meant that we had to bring in changes. But this impaired driving seems to mean cops can show up anytime they want. You know, like, John, you go out for dinner, you go home and then a cop shows up and says, let's give you a breathalyzer. And you say, well, hold on a second. I just had a drink at home. That's the kind of overreach. And the Senate did try to stop this. The Senate said, no, you can't pass this legislation the way it is because it breaks every, every civil liberties uh, rule in the game, and it will be challenged. Um, you know, is this the kind of thing um, that is going to come back to haunt the liberals, you think? Yes, I, I really hope it does. It's absolutely ludicrous. If you ever wake up in the morning and say to yourself, man, I really wish the Senate had got their way there. Like, you don't really wake <laughs> up and say that to yourself all the time. But, like, that ruling happened, and I was like, geez, man, thank God for the Senate. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's a huge mistake. Talk about an infringement on civil liberties. I mean, uh, um, you won't be surprised to hear this, Alex, but I was listening to your show on their way in. And I agreed with a lot of things that you said. And mm. one of your one of your viewers talked about something that that was eerily reminiscent for me of a, of a, of a of something that happened in the United States, which is which is called swatting, which is yes. where kids were calling yes. SWAT teams on their or no friends, people they didn't like. Mm-hmm. SWAT team would show up, you know, and, and 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 break down the door. The same kind of thing can happen here, and there are no checks and balances. And I think you know this is that movie, like the movie Network. Like I'm sick and tired. I'm not going to take it anymore. We have to get really angry about it, be vocal about it, because I really believe, like you said earlier, this is something. That when it goes to court can be overturned. No, it will be. And, and oh, public sure. support has be. to be behind it, it changing. But the whole problem with the courts so backlogged with cases, you know, you'd think that the lawyer, the justice minister herself, I mean, she's no dummy, Miss uh, Raybould Wilson, um, they would have not been so sloppy on this. Well, I I, th- I think for sure you'll see a constitutional challenge on this 100%. one. Yeah, yeah you have to. Um, I, You know, I agree with John and everything you said. It's ridiculous. And I can't even, I, I, I'd be surprised if anybody who listened to your show um, agrees with that kind of over reach or to put the onus on the driver to prove, uh, yeah, I had a few drinks two hours later. I wasn't driving. Uh, I wasn't driving drunk. Well, yes, you were, sir. Uh, you're under arrest. That's insane. Mm-hmm. It's uh, insane. Yeah. I and mean, it will. It, you're absolutely right. It will come back to haunt the liberals. For sure. It will. But the thing is, we won't probably get the, the maximum impact uh, for a while. But I will tell people, if you don't know what police overreach looks like, just remember back to G20. Right. Uh, you know, I almost got arrested. I like came seconds with within being arrested because I was there. Yeah. And I was doing my job. It happens. It can happen. We don't want it in this country. Um, Justin Trudeau, definitely feeling the heat. He's been doing the uh, town hall tour. He started that last night in Kamloops. Got an earful from First Nations groups who basically told him to grow up. They told him he was weak. Um, and you will recall, well, maybe not recall but he did promise first nations the sun the moon and the earth he was the one leader at the time who opted into the un declaration uh, of native rights and he promised to adopt all 94 recommendations by the un of this uh, non-binding deal which was very binding um and would have literally bankrupted this this country if they are all put in but now i guess now that he's um uh, governing, he's beginning to realize it is very hard to promise everything to everyone. But here he is last night at the town hall, and uh, we'll go off the reaction. 
We need to move to a place where you are in control of your communities, control of your territories, control of your future, control of your children once again, <laughs> control of your destinies that has been through generations and centuries in Canada taken away from you. Okay, well, look, I heard that clip and I'm thinking to myself, he could do that very easily. He could approve enter, uh, uh, the Eagle... Um, Oh, now it's gone out. Eagle Spirit Energy Line for the First Nations. First Nations owned, First Nations run. It would give them complete independence, but he's got a tanker ban that stops this deal dead in its tracks. But the bottom line is he's promised everything to everyone and he's failing at everything. Well, we can talk about pipelines all night long. I love talking <laughs> about the Liberals and their non-commitment to uh, uh, to building pipelines in this country. But this is a symptom of something bigger. Yep. And the tide is starting to change. And you're Thank hearing God. people call out the Prime Minister for, for being uh, an empty suit. Uh, and you're seeing it from some of the press gallery in Ottawa. And you're seeing it from well, people on the ground. How long did it take them? Uh, well, luckily, this is, uh, you know, if you're a conservative, this is before an election. So that's mm. not a bad thing. Nope. Uh, but he's got, you know, he's going to go on the campaign trail and he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of explaining to do uh, in, in the sense of he promised the middle class a whole, uh, you know, that life would be better. Uh, and there's not a lot to show for it. No, and he did promise that he would get pipelines built because he was going to do it better and he was going to be different. And he used words like, we're going to be thoughtful. And I mean, when he was speaking last night, John, he was saying, well, we're going to be thoughtful. We're going to speak. We're going to have dialogue. We're going right. to respect. Yeah, okay, great. That is a load of crap. You you have to be a leader in times like this. And the nice words aren't going to get this done. Trudeau is the... You know, Canadian political equivalent of Spicoli running for, you know, class president and saying free pizza for everybody on Thursday and Friday. It's, it is not a surprise that all of this is coming home to roost. I think we're going to see this on multiple fronts. The love affair that we have with Justin Trudeau is similar to what we have on many other fronts, like with the Royals and things like that, that in my opinion don't play a vital role in a modern Canada. Um, Justin Trudeau... <laughs> has promised things not only in the energy sector but on a number of others another number of other sectors and fields that um i hope andrew Shear can compartmentalize and people such as yourself are going to help him with those sound bites to actually allow canadians to understand just how fragile the plan that the liberals have laid out is and in my opinion just how hollow it is because there really is nothing empty suit being a word i would call it just a lot a lack of of being able to take responsibility for 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 answering tough questions i think it's well, even more than that i think it's everything they touch sort of yeah, crumbles breaks. and it breaks and there's no strategy behind it mm -hmm. and that's a problem that canadians are, are going to see well bottom line is though sheer or whoever wins in in the next election their mandate is going to have to only be to fix what has been so badly broken? Because uh, I don't, I don't know how you can possibly govern right now because everything's so fractured. Yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be a function, and you'll know this very well by by virtue of your you know time with uh, with Premier Ford. It's really difficult to go out and and make promises to people in a country that is fundamentally bankrupt. I mean, if you look at Ontario, for instance, largest sub-sovereign borrower in the in the world. Well, the same people are running the country. I mean, hello. The same people in the prime minister's office are the same people who brought in all the things that broke Ontario. I don't know why people are so shocked by this. And, and, but that provincialism across all 10 provinces yeah. is going to yeah. continue to kind of seed us away from this idea of unity and being able to answer a question in a coherent way.
because the the prime minister cannot adequately address the anxieties of each province. And Justin Trudeau pretended that he could do that. And that, I, I think, is a fundamental. Governing's thing. hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Work. Meanwhile, I mean, this story, this story doesn't just um, sadden me. It pisses me off. TransCanada uh, Pipeline has changed its name to TC Energy because having Canada as part of your brand in the energy sector is bad for business. And the company can say all at once that it's doing this stuff because, you know, they're, they're expanding. But this is coming from U.S. industry experts that say Canada has been uh, has now become synonymous with being a bad investment. This was a company that started by an act of uh, a parliament, and it was a company that was to bring oil from the West to the East. And like, well done, liberals, on telling anybody that Canada, uh, you know, is, you're Canada's lesser back. for it. You're <laughs> lesser for it if it's in your name. That's crazy, um, and it's 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 unfortunate. Yeah, look, uh, to 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 think that it's now a bad thing. That having Canada as a company logo means we can't do business, that that's <laughs> that's an ominous sign. They're, they're really systemic problems, too. I mean, if you just think about it from a macro setting in terms of like how the IMF or large banking institutions look at investments in countries around the world mm-hmm. for a very, very long time, perhaps still today, I mean, certainly in, in a lot of por- portions of Central and South America, people will not invest in these countries because of just the, the absolute power that government holds by virtue of a number of different poor monetary policies. Regulations, and and, activism, you can't get anything done we here. We start to yeah. resemble that in a very mild way. But, you know, Asia used to be like that. And then the AAC, the 10 AACAN countries, you know, got their act together. And now they're economic powerhouses. Canada, if we continue down this road and we continue to think of ourselves, you know, in terms of our natural resources not being... Uh, uh, our most important export. And, you know, natural resources, healthcare, and education are the three items that are under the purview of each province. All of these provinces are starving for capital. We have natural resources, and it's the one thing we're not letting us sell. We we do. They're in the ground, and they will remain in the ground until we elect a new government. Yeah, well, yeah, and if that government doesn't, uh, you know, for as many people as step all over Trump, you know, the bottom line is someone's going to have to be tough and stand up and say, you know what, enough of this crap. We are getting this done, or we're going to go bankrupt. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Melissa Lansman, as well as uh, John Dwyer, joining us here tonight for Counterpoint. And um, this kind of came out of the blue as we learn uh, one of the most senior members of the Trudeau cabinet, so like one of the only adults in the party, suddenly resigning. Scott Bryson uh, claiming that, yeah, he wants to be with the kids that he had four years ago. So he is uh, resigning, effective immediately as president of uh, Treasury, and uh, hasn't really said when he's going to step aside from his seat. But, you know, it just so happens... He is the star witness in a very problematic trial that is set to uh, go right before the election, where he is to be a star witness um, against a top naval officer who's accused of leaking cabinet documents regarding a $700 million shipping contract that apparently Bryson had tried to halt. Uh, Mr. Trudeau was asked about this on um, his uh, tour of BC today, and here was his answer. Uh, I have... um, I've said uh, and I've accepted uh, Scott uh, Bryson's decision uh, based on his desire to spend more time with family and that is uh, that is certainly something that I can understand as a a father of young kids myself. Uh, Like no one told you your talking point for that? I mean... I love that that tape is not edited. <laughs> That's real. That's real. It felt that is not edited. Um, and uh, 
This is a problem because um, they're cleaning house clearly to get ready for the election. And Mr. Bryson is a problem child. No, no, well, if it walks like a duck <laughs> and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. So either the liberals tell us it's a duck or the courts will. Um, and that's going to be devastating for them in terms of timing for this trial. Uh, it Wait, I got to ask you, though, could is he not protected by parliamentary privilege or are they going to make sure that he um, vacates his seat just, uh, you know, in time to make sure that he's protected by that privilege? Well, that's a good. That's a good question. I mean, it, it would always be easier if a political party can point at this guy who's no longer with them, who uh, who was the problem. We've isolated the problem. It's not us. It's him. Um, Except I, for there's going to be a lot of emails read in that thing from yeah, no everybody doubt. in the PMO's office. Like I got to say, I really like <laughs> Skype Price, and I liked him better when he was a PCer. But uh, yeah. uh, but this is a big loss for them, and it big looks time. like things aren't going well. <laughs> Yeah, this this is like mired mired in like political folklore. You know, you like you feel like you would like see this at, at any given time. But uh, just just to get beyond it, just so we're all on the same page. Like I have a four year old. He's got kids are way easier at four. Oh yeah, like you, <laughs> the you, tiny you baby ran, be home with him. You, like when you ran like... for election when they were like six months old, <laughs> and that was easier than now. Like what yeah. are you talking about? Well, he's now not like junior kindergarten having a blast. They don't even want to hang out anymore. Right? Yeah, they don't want dad around. But that's the case. I mean. The real story here is that this is the star witness in a very damaging case that I think is going to expose very ugly things about what was going on in the prime minister's office um, when it came to one of the top, top, top naval officers in this country and what was done to him. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and they're going up against, I should mention, Marie Heenan, one of the toughest lawyers in this country, and she's not going to lose. So, so without saying something that would get me in trouble, there are more than one shipping entity in the country, and the the well, there's the, Davy Shipping and, and there's then, Irving Shipping, right? And so there <laughs> and may who's be friends a, with Mr. and with the Irving family. Oh, see, that would I'm be leading Scott Bryson. Witness. This is perfect. Oh. That's, <laughs> Maybe he that's can go exactly work for what's them. happened, right? Mm. And, in, in any case, they have to come clean about what's going on here. Yeah, like this you is, think they're going to? This has sort of been one of these things that we don't talk about, that's sort of brushed under the rug, um, and it's it's going to come to bear at a really, really bad time. Mm. Yeah. So what would your political strategy be? I mean, you're, you're, you're like a war room person. What would be going on behind the scenes? Like, if you were a, a betting man, are they tossing him out to pasture and then in a couple of weeks you're going to say, well, we, what we discovered is... I think I think that's correct. I think, look, I think the Prime Minister doubling down on this being a family thing is just going to come back and bite him. Cause no, because it's, well, it it's not a family thing. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> it's easy to isolate someone, put him in a corner and say, you know, he's not part of the tribe anymore. Yeah. Right. 20, right. 22 years and not... Not one of our players. Yeah, they, they should just do what the provincial liberals did and just take two staffers, tie an anchor around their feet, and then blame a bunch of stuff on them, you know, on the transition, you know. <laughs> well, I won't been, name their been, names, but everybody can come to the conclusion yeah, that I'm talking well, about. Well, well, we'll see what happens with this one, but uh, stay tuned. Um, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper uh, says Canadian leaders have to find a way to get along with the United States President Donald Trump because of Canada's overwhelming dependence on the U.S. as an economic and geopolitical partner. And he was saying these comments while in New Delhi as part of a geopolitical summit. Uh, and here is what he said kind of on the world stage about that. So I think a smart Canadian prime minister does three things. First of all, he establishes to the best of his ability a good personal relationship with the president of the United States, regardless of that president's personality or regardless of his political party. Secondly, 
a smart Prime Minister of Canada, because we can often be off the radar in Washington, goes out of his way to show when we are on side with the United States, how we can be a useful partner in furthering the United States global role, because that's ultimately in our interest. All right. Don't have a lot of time to go through this, but um, he's not wrong. You got to get along with the guy. I mean, taking shots at him and stuff doesn't work. Well, duh. Um, But I think from a political strategy perspective, what the liberals are doing is they're running against Trump. Um, And they're running against people that are polar opposite to their ideology. And they're using him as this thing um, that is scary and that is like Stephen Harper. You can't run against Stephen Harper again. And if you if you applied those same things to Andrew Scheer, well, that's silly because he has dimples and he's very nice. Uh, so they're going to use Trump as, uh, as somebody they're going to run against. And I, I, that's bad news for the country. It's always bad news for the country to not have a relationship with, uh, with yeah. the U.S. president, yeah, no I, matter who he is. I, I totally agree with you. And I think one of the main functions of, of um, <clears throat> you know, the prime minister, having myself sat on many boards and not got along with people and had to learn the hard way, that you have to play nice. And to your point, Justin Trudeau is a master at playing the pop, you know, the popularity game. And it's, it, it, is, it is largely unpopular amongst Canadians. And most of us aren't in the know. We just got to kind of admit that. It's unpopular to kind of align with, 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 uh, um, uh, with Trump on anything. But is it in the country's best interest? To be a little bit closer to him? Absolutely, all day long, especially for industry, especially for small and medium-sized businesses. But Justin Trudeau doesn't care about those things. No, I know. He says that he does, but he's never had those experiences. He doesn't have the experience of a regular Canadian. Henceforth, he can't even reconcile what our, what people's lives are like. So when he looks at, at Trump, he sees an opportunity. He sees a soundbite. He sees an opportunity to say, he's a you-know-what, and I'm representing what's good for Canadians. Well, he's actually not. Yeah. He's just being a coward. Yeah, and frankly, I'm really sick and tired of all the noise about Trump. I frankly would just prefer people focus on Canada for a while. I mean, it's just, I'm so sick and tired of, of hearing about uh, Trump. Uh, guys, I do have to leave it there, and I appreciate you joining me very much. we got uh, John Dwyer and Melissa Lanceman in the house tonight. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.